following thoughts, opinions, stories, and expressions are meant for those who will appreciate them. If you don't, we hope you keep an open soul to encounter another here on 34 Questions. Peace. Even if it ain't forever, glad I got to know y'all. In three, two, one. What's going on, folks? Welcome to 34 Questions. I'm your host, 34. And tonight, I have a very special guest. Chelsea Lee Trescott is in the building. How are you doing tonight, Chelsea? I'm just flown with it. I've got the <laughs> candles going. I've got the, you know, neon lights on. So, and I'm in the basement. So it's just a wonderful world down here. For sure, for sure. I feel that. Um, I want to thank you for stopping by and willing to go through this interview and share your story. So definitely appreciate that. Um, and for all the folks out there, if it's your first time checking out the show, we do a few warm-up questions at the beginning just to set the tone. After that, we'll jump into a couple icebreakers. Um, after the icebreakers, we'll, we'll turn to the Wheel of Fate, where we'll spin the wheel and whichever number it lands on. That's where the conversation will kind of flow. And then after all that, we'll finish out with some closeout questions. Sound good to you, Chelsea? Oh my God, what am I in for? Let's do it. <laughs> Let's find out. Let's find out. Uh, so my very first question for you is, how have you been? You've been doing well. You've been doing great. How you been lately? Mm. I love that question. And I love answering that question as honestly as possible. Though I do feel like I'm someone that's like in, in both places at times. Sometimes like I'm in such a high and I've been feeling that such a rush. But recently, you know, today, especially a bit of anxiety, you know, I'm making a trip back out to L.A. I, I booked the flight uh, today and I haven't been there in 10 years. And it was a very dark time for me out there. So it's kind of just hitting me about what I might discover about myself and just feeling the anxiety, but I guess also like the eagerness about um, the day is here. And I finally, I think, feel brave enough to go back and see myself in that situation. For sure, for sure. And uh, if you don't mind me asking, where are you located now? If, uh, you know. I'm in, yeah, I'm in New York City, the love of my life. For sure, still haven't been, haven't been yet. Um, what? I know, I know. I And I am a big fan of like hip hop. And you know, in the 90s, it was all about New York hip hop. So I still have yet to experience the environment that has always been in the music that I loved. Um, but yeah, and I live next to Webster Hall, which is like an infamous club. So you got to come, come and experience it. I'll show you a good time. One day, one day for sure. Um, so, and then you said well, coming back to LA is making you feel kind of anxious. Um, why 10 years? Why, why'd you wait 10 years to come back? You know, I mean, it's just crazy how time flies. You know, they say as you get older, time just escapes you. And I also think that, you know, I, I didn't feel called to it. Maybe I wrote it off as, as being such a dark time in my life. But I think I also maybe inside was waiting to go back and, and to test myself. Like it needed to be, um, I, I don't know. I feel like I needed to be brave enough to do it. And there's a bit of incentive, I'll tell you that. Um, kind of falling back into a little bit of the long distance thing. So that's one element. And and also I just feel called for it. You know, I feel so pulled I'm, and I'm really trying to listen to that voice, that intuition. Something came over me when I was in this really dark place 
um, in March. And, and I've been wanting to go back to LA. I've been talking about it for years, just haven't done it. And um, I felt really, really pulled. And I don't know why, maybe it's just to see myself back out there. Maybe it's something that I can't even, I can't even discover for myself yet until I get there. Um, I just think it's really important to listen and see where it takes you. For sure, for sure. I can definitely relate to that. Um, my second question for you in the warm up is, what would you like the audience to know about you? Mm. That even though I'm a breakup coach, Mm. And you know, I have a podcast on heartbreak that love is so important to me, as I'm sure it is for most people. I just think that sometimes like there's this impression I think that people have that they might be quick to ice people out or that it's easy for me to say goodbye. And it's not. You know, I think I've always been fearful of that and I've become only more sensitive around that topic. So um, that and just, you know, I one thing I'll say is that I really isolated myself out of kind of nowhere. I was never that person. I was a very social person growing up. And in my 20s, again, a dark period of time, um, went through some disorders and also in L.A., you know, became a complete shut-in. So I experienced a time where I did not know how to speak. When I moved back to New York City, I was shaking around people. I used to have to sit on my hands because I'd be shaking so much and I would bolt out of the experience. And I just remember thinking like, wow, I've got to learn how to walk out and introduce myself again. So it's been a long journey. And I would just say like, you know, we're having a conversation now and conversations have saved my life and saved my spirit, but it wasn't always this way. And I remember being in LA and thinking, wow, the days of me smiling are over. You know, the days of me laughing are gone. And I never thought I could say something like that. But I thought it was just a way in the new normal. And it wasn't. And I remember having this revelation even then when I was getting ready to move, to leave. And I was wailing. And I remember like this insight of it's not always going to be a visceral experience. So I would say for anyone that's listening, it's like try to believe in that. Try to lean into what the experience is, is so you can move through it. So you can come out of it. Resistance is what keeps us stuck. And I resisted for a long time. And always, uh, you know, ask people how they are. Like you did in the beginning. I never got that enough. So and yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, no worries. Um, why, why do you think, well, I feel like the question is asked a lot, but I don't know if it's always answered truthfully or honestly. Um, and in your experience, would you say how much percentage of people are more honest with it, with that question than, yeah? Uh, I mean, very few. You know, it's not even like, it's not even that it's not honest. Mm. though it isn't but it's just it's not even a question people don't even register it as a question they don't it's just like on to the next it's just it's like the smallest of small talk and i think that people don't want to burden someone with how are you oh i couldn't possibly tell someone and i can't imagine i can't get over how often i hear people say well or you know they, they don't and i'm like what's the context you know i try to really be like if i'm doing better i try to say why it is like better now because of 
you know? And so it, it gives like us a window into someone's soul. And I don't think that people realize that that's what we want. And that's what we're asking for. We're giving people allowance to go there. And people really in their head think people don't want to know. People just ask to ask because they feel like they have to. And it's not really like a leading question anywhere. Mm-hmm. No, I got you. Um, it makes me think. I like now I kind of want to challenge myself when I ask people, how, how are you? Uh, they tell me, oh, I'm good. And then I want to say, like, no, really. Or uh, is, is and I also don't want to assume that, like, <laughs> that, no, it looks like you're going through something. So tell me some more. Um, yeah, I don't know how I want to approach it. I still got to flesh out that. Good. Like, yeah. if someone said good, like, um, like, does that mean you're better than yesterday? You know, something like that. You know, yeah. it's like, what has been good about today? And, like, try to get people to become specific to share like that's really the thing we've forgotten how to share we've forgotten how to tell someone how to reveal ourselves and our days and our mood and where we're really at i think we do a lot to hide where we are i feel that and sometimes you know people don't even ask how you are because um you know they think they already know they think they already know from what they see, right? So I think a good question sometimes too is, how are you really? How are you really? Got you. I got you. Yeah, I, I when I reflect on it, I think the times I don't say how are you or how have you been is when I think that I'm, I'm probably in a rush. You know, like I'm, I'm passing through and I see somebody it's just like, hey, and then keep on moving. Uh, but... I always think it's a loaded question because I know for me, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to want to pry a little bit more and I know it's going to take more time. And I, if I don't have time, then I don't want to, you know, put it in like. Start something. Sh- yeah, yeah, yeah. They're starting to explain something. I'm like, oh, that's crazy. And then I have to like, keep moving on. Uh, but yeah, yeah. And you said you were a breakup coach. Is that what it sounds like it is? Like, you know, there's relationship coaches. So a breakup coach kind of is something different. Yeah, I mean, I think most people assume that I am coaching people on how to break up. Mm. And initially, that was the desire. I thought that that's where the the need would be, is to help people leave, help people let go and know when it's time, how to save themselves or save the relationship. But for the most part, it's been people after the relationship, so the healing of it and the understanding and the valuing still of the relationship and kind of looking at who were they in the beginning? What were they looking for actually back then? And who are they now? And what could this be an opening to? And then how to go back into dating intentionally. You know, I think that apps have really, especially apps have allowed us just to um, not heal, you know, hurt people, hurt people. And so that's kind of what ends up happening. And so we end up reacting so much to the last person or how it ended rather than really responding to the next calling within ourselves. And so I try to help people at a time when they don't want to pause or when, you know, I think sometimes with our, with friends and stuff, you know, we feel like we can't keep going on about it or that other people have too much invested. And so I'm like this neutral third party also, you know, working with men, they get to try on different conversations that they weren't really brave enough or knew how to navigate before. So they experience that with me and then um, get to go do that. And so I've, I've enjoyed actually helping people go from breaking up to, you know, dating up. 
And um, that's been really an amazing journey because you see people start to get closer to what they've said that they're after and, and start seeing them change the behavior and um, not just look backwards, I suppose. No, so I sure. love looking back. <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough one. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I haven't gone far far enough to, to be happy to look back at this point. Um, but I, I think I'll get there someday. Uh, one more question on the topic. Uh, as a breakup coach, what is, or just ask yourself, how would you define love? Like, what is love? Oh, man. Well, <laughs> I, I know I always, I've always said, I mean, here, here's what I usually say, actually. Love is a series of conversations. Love to me is a series of conversations. Um, and you know, the depth of your love is dependent on the depth of your conversations and how much you're willing to share and show. And also, you know, not just reveal, but inquire about someone. Um, but you know, also love is, you know, a form of tenderness around people's frustrations within themselves. It's um, kind of the softness from the edges of the world. Uh, and, you know, I hope that love is not conditional. I find a lot of the times, you know, after breakups that you realize that it was. And to me, love has always been um, more timeless um, and permanent than I think I've experienced or heard about. Um, to me, love isn't over just because I'm not lo no longer with someone. And also love isn't, and it's all taken a while to, to practice this and to understand this, but love is not reserved for one person. And I, I, and listen, I'm, I'm interested in finding someone that I'm going to love in a special way that's been different than the rest. But one of the big breakthroughs of my life was to not reserve love for someone and think that only one person inspires it out of you, but to be love with people all the time, to lead with love and therefore by that example. So it's been really cool for me. I mean, you know, cool is an understatement, but I've been single more than I've, longer than I've ever been, ever been. And, but I've had more love in my life, honest love, like more honest love and I'm out of practice with loving a partner, sure. Um, so singular, but the expression and the exuberance of love and the leaning in toward others and the acceptance and the acknowledgement and seeing someone, I've gotten so like fluent at that, I would say. So even though I've been without love, I've been in love throughout my days more than I ever, ever, ever have. Damn, coach, you definitely, uh, <laughs> you, you put out some fire there. Um, you know, some knowledge, dropping bombs, dropping bombs on us. Uh, I would love to dig more into it, but we, we gotta move on to the next warm up question, which is, uh, if, if I were to do something in your honor, a way to express the energy you possess, what could I do? You know, one is be receptive, but, one of my favorite Maya Angelou quotes is, you know, people will forget what you did. They'll forget what you said, but they'll never forget the way you made them feel. So maybe if it was just uh, knowing, you know, how I made you feel um, or just, you know, an honest reaction. I feel like that would be so good for me. Got you. I got you. Now we know. 
Now we know. Now we know. <laughs> and uh, my last question for you in the warm up is, oh man, I messed up. Forgot to change the little words. But uh, last question for you in the warm up is, on a scale from one to ten, how well do you know yourself? I'm just gonna go for seven. That's always been a good number. I don't want to get too. I, I think before in my life, I would have been like, oh yeah, I know myself. But you know, after talking to so many people, and I will say talking to so many men recently, is that I'm like, damn, I've been missing out on some therapy. Mm. You know? What do you mean? Uh, yeah. I'm just really impressed. I'm impressed by my guests, how they never know what I'm gonna ask them. and how much they're willing to give um, and they're not coaches and they're and then like even in dating and, and seeing how many people have spent time in therapy and that's how they've come into that wisdom that's how they've been challenged you know what I love about what you're doing is that with being a coach and a host and just who I am in the world I feel like I'm always asking the questions and they're never asked of me Mm. And that's been such an isolating experience and um, something that I feel like I'm really missing out on. Like to really, you know, it's one thing to think about yourself. It's another to say it. It feels totally different. So um, I think I know myself, but I haven't been writing in a long time. Where that always helped me understand and go deeper than I could know to connect with myself. Um, so, and there's just been so many years now of being interested in others and not having that same opportunity or maybe seeking it out enough, investing in it enough where I have to figure out, do I really, really know myself? Like I think, and what are my blind spots? Like someone show me the blind spots, you know? Oh, uh, if you don't mind me asking, uh, what's one of the blind spots you recently became aware of? Oh man, one blind spot, Some someone I was dating said, I don't think you're vulnerable. And um, it was crazy because I was like, oh my God, I live in vulnerability every day, I feel like. But the yeah. perception or maybe even in terms of dating that, and I've gotten that, that like I'm up all the time, I'm animated, I'm on. And so I think the blind spot has been that, and I've seen it now, I've actually seen it, that I'm struggling to show my interest because I'm not used to having, I'm not used to having romantic interest in someone and I'm struggling to show that vulnerability. I'm struggling. And I also, this blind spot um, of, my whole thing is like fear less, love greater, fear less. And um, I think I've begun to take in a lot of the fear that I've been hearing about, a lot of the anxiety in ways that I never had toward dating, toward love. And so the blind spot is, um, you know, maybe I thought I was um, a lot more vulnerable than I am. I got you. Got you. Thank you for sharing. Um, mm -hmm. And like, just you... Uh, going through it it made me think of the kind of blind spots I might have uh, and one that I'm not entirely sure of so I'm an overthinker uh, so mm -hmm. even when I 
what I'm about to say. I'm still not like completely set on it. Uh, it's just something I noticed about myself. Uh, you know, I like to think of myself as a pretty unassuming person. Um, you know, trying to give people a lot of, uh, I don't know what the right word for it is, but when in first impressions, I don't take it as seriously as most people. Like they say first impressions matter. But for me, I'm the kind of person that like, I always keep that in mind. So I'm always like, okay, this might not be the person that they really are until I meet them again. Um, and even though that sounds good, I think it also makes me a little judgmental, which I, I, which I don't think is a, yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Because that's something that I recently thought of and I'm like, oh, damn, I'm, I'm becoming what I said I wouldn't be. <laughs> but yeah. Amazing, yeah, the, the great irony of all of our lives. Um <laughs> Well, one thing that surprises me is like when you say that you're not assuming, you're unassuming, I would, I, my immediate thought to that was like, oh, wow, he's not judgmental. You know, the first impression, there's so much pressure around that. You know, we think it's like a make or break and, you know, maybe go out of our way to put on this mask. As people will say, they talk about, you know, showing up with a, as a representative or something. But it seems like when I hear you say that, I'm like, oh, he doesn't place as much like importance or value it's not a make or break and so he's not going to judge the first impression he's going to give someone a second chance he's going to stick around so that was what i took from what you said um okay for sure i see that i think that's the overthinking side of me it's like on the surface it's, it's fine but you know for me it's like well why why and you know i guess how how can it be seen from other people um you know i'm, I'm a people people pleaser i don't know if it's a natural thing but i grew up that way um and i'm trying to work on like i think there's this uh i work at a high school and sometimes kids can be a little you know knucklehead um and sometimes <laughs> at that age uh but the phrase that came up recently was be be a warm demander and uh and think a warm a warm demander so Ooh. like yeah so i was like i think i got the warm part down like i'm pretty i'm easily approachable uh yeah. you know people come come to me and easy to chop it up i'm really bad at demanding though i'm really bad at like trying to i like to lead by example instead of like trying to tell the kid to do something um and totally. and but totally. like but yeah i also see that some kids uh need direction you know like it's not yes. some what when you tell them it's not you doing it with them but they just want to know what the end goal is and how to get there and they might if they're interested just do, do the thing i run the after school program so this is where my mind's at as far as motivating kids to do something after school uh, but yeah yeah i mean when i hear you say that I, I think about dating because this has been the struggle is like i'm trying to lead by example so one thing that has come up is like i self-disclose really easily and so i'm sharing my life which i think is a form of vulnerability i'm not hiding myself um and i've wanted the same thing in return um because i'm struggling to show the interest by asking the questions like i think i do so naturally with everyone else um and so i think that like what happens with lead by example is like someone from the outside, they can be like, look at them, look at what they're capable of. I'm not like that. So how do you help someone? Like they might, you become the muse, you, be, you become so other than them. So separate in a way, because it's like, wow, look at them doing it so easily. And so people don't know how to emulate that. 
So yeah, it's like, you know, they talk about breadcoming in relationships and the negative way. It's almost like, how can you just tease someone just a little bit to being the guide in that sense? I got um, you. Yeah, yeah. That's a, I got you. Uh, baby steps. I'm thinking, and, and I rush into things all the time. Like I'm always expecting things to be grand right away. So, Me too. You know, yeah. but, to- but but also like maybe that's the idea too is like show people, especially the students, like the vision. What's behind the idea of even trying to guide them anywhere? Mm. You know, where are we kind of trying to get to, or what could come from something? You know, um, and I think that you know stating the intention that you have with people. Is powerful in itself. I mean, sometimes I do, uh, you know, try to be vulnerable and be self-disclosing, you know, be open. Uh, and I always have that thought like, oh, shoot, did I just share too much? Or are they even really comprehending what I'm trying to say right now? Especially with students, because, you know, I think an example was like a student was telling me, um, oh, my parents are gonna, aren't going to let me cheerlead because I have bad grades. And uh, I'm like, oh, damn. And I, you know, try to explain what it must be like to be a parent. And, you know, they, mm. they probably are thinking what's what's best for you. Uh, and like, because I don't know them and I don't want to, like, put a d- divide between the student and their parents. Right. I'm trying to get the student to see their view. Um, and yeah, so after doing that, I was like, I wonder if they're like, like, let this guy just shut up. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm going through You're it right now. <laughs> You know why is that because I think people would be like, oh God, another adult siding with the adult. Mm. Whereas like, and, and I'm just thinking of this as you say it, is that I think that something could that could be guiding is like, let's say worst case scenario that happens, or, you know, like, how could you approach this? How, how could you approach this in a different way that your parents might start to understand you? Gotcha. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's good. No, that- it's like, let's try this out. I'm the parent. Go. You know, maybe something like that. Right? Yeah. I hear you. Like you're trying to show someone and, and validate the other side. When kids, I think, are seeking validation so badly, they want to be seen when they like from the authority. No, for sure. I uh, I definitely made sure to validate in a way of saying, uh, you know, wow, that's pretty harsh, or you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what I was trying to describe to them afterwards, like whatever standards your parents put on you, you, it's not because of you, it's because of them. You know, I was trying to get them to understand, like maybe their parents, you know, had those high expectations and wanted them to be a certain way. And that's the only way they know how to parent because that's what they receive. Right. Modeling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're they're habitual, you know, it's cultural sometimes too. Um, But yeah. So thank you. For, for your feedback on that because now yeah, no, I have kudos, a, another way <laughs> yeah, and kudos for you for you know developing the youth I mean I, I definitely love it um, I try to convince more people to do it but you know the money's not <laughs> money's not there money's um, not going to entice them unfortunately <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know just I, I'm trying to fill my life serving people so in the day I could serve kids and then at night I serve everybody else. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, let's move on to the icebreakers. And before we do that, I want to remind the folks out there that if you are enjoying the content, please like if you might, share if you care, subscribe for a vibe you didn't know was there. Uh, oh, 
chills. <laughs> Appreciate it. All right, moving on to the icebreakers. This first one is going to be a kind of like a point of view. I'm going to give you a statement. You let me know where you stand on it. Um, oh, yeah. and I can talk about it. Absolutely. I'm pretty much going to ask you why. <laughs> but uh, this one is, uh, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. I use this everywhere. I use <laughs> this and tell everyone that this is the, my guide my guide in life. You know, and I think that, uh, uh, I think that it's just the better way. I, I don't know. I'm not someone, it's, it's almost always going to be no if you ask for permission. Hmm. But if you do something and then describe the intention later, then I think that there's a way around it. I've learned that everything, I guess, Maybe everything is the way you talk about it, the way you approach it after. So for me, if I ask, it's going to be a no. If I do it, I can probably get away with it. And I do it in my way. Um, and if I don't, then I'm not afraid to, to own it, um, to learn from it, to acknowledge it. Um, but also, maybe if I had to share where I was coming from. So to me, I'm just, I'm, I'm definitely just trying to do it my way. So asking for permission, um, uh, not, not okay. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Uh, that was a tough one for me, honestly. Uh, you know, I think I overanalyze it, get anxious. So I can't get to that point of just like going through with it and thinking about asking for forgiveness afterwards. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely can see how life can be more exciting. <laughs> if uh, Yeah, and also like, I mean... Listen, if your intentions are good, like, what is there really to forgive? Mm, I see. I see. Like, that's if true. we're talking about cheating, I mean, maybe that's something different. But I, th I think I that's something think different. It, yeah, people just, like, are always, like, trying to ask, you know, just, like, to, again, like, to take direction from someone else. Like, direct yourself. And if it gets you in trouble, own it and ask for forgiveness. Like, be don't have too much pride to ask for forgiveness and say that, okay, yeah, I was wrong. I should, I'll do it differently next time. Mm, yeah, I got you. That's, that's definitely a way I haven't thought about it as far as having pride and, you know, being willing to admit I was wrong or, you know, just say sorry. Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I was being bold. I was just trying to do it my way again. I mean, I, because like I'm on set a lot, so there's like so many people that just are constantly in this permission mode and like they're never moving ahead. They're never standing out. So for me, I mean, I just do and, and show up in the way that I feel is good. So like, for example, if like, this makes sense anyway, there's like non-union and union mm -hmm. and union has a lot more perks. Well, I'm not union yet, but usually on set, I'm treated like, you know, I'm featured a lot. So I just kind of do the union thing. And a lot of people won't do that, but it's like, then you're never moving into anything. Then you're never, then you're always um, just kind of behind. Um, so I try to step into where I want to be in my life so I can get there, so I can become that in order to believe in it and feel it. Um, and I find that overall, I'm not having to ask for forgiveness. Like it just, there's really no trouble. There's, that's the thing. Like, that's why I follow this is because I don't ask for permission and I'm also never having to ask for forgiveness. 
is I'm just coming from a good place. No, I got you. And honestly, I I think anytime anyone's really apologized to me, it's always been like, oh, that's it's, it's fine. Like <laughs> I never really trip off it. So you're right. I mean, I mean, if you're gonna say sorry, um, I haven't. I've never been in a situation where it's just like straight anger and not like it's unforgiven or it's unforgivable. Uh, so yeah, until I get to that point, I, I, I feel like you have something there where even if you ask for forgiveness, people are more likely to just be like, well, it's over now. Like there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing that's going to change at this point. So uh, just don't do it again kind of attitude. Uh, but yeah. And you win some, you lose some. You win some and you lose some. And then sometimes you have to look at yourself and be like, God, why didn't I ask for permission? You know, and what was that about? And yeah, this might change things going forward. And but that could that could be the thing that gets you to to do things differently in the future. Um, you know, I mean, I can think of examples, but I won't <laughs> steal all the hours from you. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. We could always do a part two if you if you're down for it in the future. Um, so we're going to move on to the second icebreaker, which is a word association game. Um, you're going to have 34 seconds to do as many words as you can. Uh, right now, the record is 12. Uh, no pressure, though. Uh, just <laughs> just uh, go through it the way you would like. Um, oh, okay. Let me know when you're ready and we'll begin. As ready as I'm going to be. Born yeah. ready. Let's go. Here we go. Three, two, one, regret. Mm, not much. Fear. Fear less. Age. Mm, it's okay. Culture. Wisdom, wisdom. Oh. Culture, culture. Um, identity. Knowledge. Knowledge. Uh, uh, Truth, direction. Relax. Mm, how? So you got about seven there, I believe. Oh my and... God. I told you <laughs> seven was my number. I, you asked <laughs> how much do I know about myself? I said seven. Uh, yeah, did. there we go. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll <gasps> reach another seven so you'll get that those triple sevens by the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, did you say how for relax? Yeah. Why? Mm. Why how? You know, I was just in Spain. I was in Barcelona, and uh, that was a place that it really hit me. Like, whoa, this is relaxed, and also like those Cali vibes. I've been thinking about that, and I'm like, New York doesn't relax me, and I'm never looking for it. I'm never seeking relaxation. And so I think that like, I think maybe this would fall under self-care, learning how to relax. And I think that like so much guilt in my life or really like shame, shame, shame for relaxing has got it in my way, has really tripped me up. So I like never taught myself. I feel like it was something I should never know because I should be productive and ambitious and on all the time, not relaxed. Like relaxing is what a privilege, what a privilege that you're relaxed about something. And now listen, I think that if someone were to, you know, take a look in, at my life, they'd be like, she looks pretty relaxed. She's <laughs> relaxing. So, you know, I do do it, but I think that kind of relaxing in terms of 
you know, the noise in, in my head and should I be doing this? Should I be doing things differently? Where should I really be? What should I? I think that is hard to quiet for me. Mm. And um, I like to be, I like the, I like the rush of something. I like the rush, kind of an extremist. So relaxing is, you know, like, it's almost like something wrong. Like, you know, I remember like these moments when I would have with friends where it was like more quiet or I just wasn't feeling on. In a way for them, it was probably relaxing. Like, oh my gosh, we don't have to be so engaged all the time. But for me, it was like, oh my God, where's the engagement? Oh my God, like, where's the depth? So relaxing is just, um, I felt most of the time too guilty, ashamed, or privileged to be doing, to allow, to allow myself to do it when I have every opportunity for the most part to be doing it. I got you. The, uh, I don't know if you saw me kind of smirk uh, as you were explaining, but <laughs> I am a maximum relaxer. <laughs> Are the, you? Yeah, I, 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 relax. What does that look like though? What, what is oh man um well you know the shameful side of me would probably say it looks like a lot of time wasted uh but you know there's a that other side of it where you know people say you can't really have regrets because you're doing exactly what (laughs) makes you happy in the moment um so yeah i think relaxing to me so i studied recreation and leisure studies in college um probably the easiest uh, well, you know, I don't want to disparage, you know, or downplay anybody else who has the same degree. Uh, but it was the easiest way out of college at the time. Uh, so that's why I got into the way, easiest way out or the easiest way through? Uh, through, through. Easiest way through. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, two very, two very different things. Um, and, uh, you know, one of our thesis papers at the end was like, uh, I, I wrote about what does recreation mean? Uh, so when it comes to relaxing, I think of recreation. Um, and the key thing in recreation is moments to recreate yourself uh, or, you know, do something different or, you know, build a new skill set, a hobby, whatever it is that makes you feel like you're adding more to your life, I think comes with relaxation. Um that's just me though <laughs> i don't know course, i think that's productive like that's being that's a productive human being going out and finding hobbies to take up that's so interesting i love that that angle it's it is like one way to think of it and you know it could just be me justifying why, why i've been relaxing for so long how dare you how dare you justify anything that makes you feel good <laughs> uh but yeah so that's just my thoughts on it um but thank you for participating in our games and uh we'll be heading back to the main stage here we are and i'm gonna pull up the wheel of fate give it a spin um and at any point if there's a question that's too personal or something you don't want to talk about feel free to pass no pressure Ooh, you are there at the line of nine and ten um is there a number that you prefer? Hmm. I'm kind of curious, like, what the nine would be for some reason. This one is pretty heavy. <laughs> they're all, they're all heavy. Give me the weight. Throw the weight on my shoulders now. I gotcha. Uh, what makes you feel alone? What makes me feel alone? Yeah. 
mean to think that I started kind of the conversation with like all that isolation that I experienced and going back to LA where I was so alone. You know, alone is disconnected. It's without conversation. Um, you know, it's it's also seen in relationships recently where I really did feel like it was such an isolating thing to only have the interest being going like one way. And that just made me feel really alone. Like someone didn't want to know my backstory. This is why like you were so just, I was like, oh my God, what a gift to give myself or you're giving me for my 35th birthday because at 34, I just experienced that 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 alone feeling with someone that I think we were both kind of mesmerized by each other. But the fact that there wasn't um, the depth of connection or that contact that seems fixed or someone really like wanting to hear you. Mm. That's what makes me feel alone. Um, and then, you know, I think that uh, misunder like misunderstanding me makes me feel alone. So when people see me in the wrong light or see me in a light, um, you know, like that I wish could change. Like there's so many, so many examples of, um, you know, being alone, but also just like around so many people. And I, and I've heard a lot in my life, people say this and I felt it that people would see me and they would have this perception of me. Mm -hmm. and um and therefore like they wouldn't get close to me and that was so lonely because all i needed was people i needed people to like not look at me and think something think i'm not going to go near that or she's all good she has another life or you know whatever she's confident she looks confident she should be confident but i wish that um people would approach me and so alone was for a long time being in a period of my life where I was unapproachable. I was unapproachable as a person. And my whole thing now was like, you know, not relying on other people to approach me. You know, maybe people like will still think I'm unapproachable. It's to show them that I am approachable and it's to approach them. So I insert myself into my days, into people's lives. I say something, I never heard a compliment now. And those actions of extending myself and acknowledging others has kept me from feeling alone. Now, if I was still doing what I used to do where you know, I was walking through the city and just noticing other people and being not bold enough or daring enough to again like to insert myself to say something to and, and to let it be a spontaneous short burst of interaction and have that be enough i would still be feeling alone and it's just wild you know what is one of the quotes like i don't, I don't know but like basically like you return and you see how different it is and basically it's just that you're different and it's amazing how i've been able to track these things in my life you know in la i'm definitely going to go back to a place where i was my most alone but new york was the same way new york was the dream for me and it's the love of my life now but i was alone in new york city i mean when i moved to new york i was 82 pounds i died to be here like i almost died to be here and when i got here people like would taught me the things they would say on the street to me was just 
horrible and, and people couldn't help themselves. Kids would chase after me. People wouldn't see me at restaurants. So I hid in my apartment and I was so alone at that time and I was feared. And so whether it was that people thought I was, you know, a model or something and that whole thing, that whole appearance. And so they wouldn't approach me because they thought I already had it all or I had my own life when that wasn't true. Or that I looked like death and they wouldn't approach me. Both situations, when I was too high for people or too low for people, I was alone. And the thing is, I could always be battling that possibly. So what do I do about that? I have to be the one that approaches. And I have to look at others as they're alone and I don't want them to be. So I'm going to do something about that. Damn. Uh, Thank you for sharing that story. Uh, I'm just thinking about the times where I didn't didn't approach someone. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was this one moment also in college where I saw a student. I didn't know who they were, a stranger crying in the hallway, like, you know, hands down. And there was a part of me that was just pulling, like, I should say something. I should, say, you know, but I didn't. I remember and that for me to remember that moment. I'm sure it still means something to me deep down. But because uh, I, I like turned the corner and then when I was like, oh, let me maybe check on them. They were gone. And I was like, oh, shit, like I missed my chance to to do to impact the life, you know, Uh but yeah being alone i think i had this question asked to me uh, recently too and i th- i said in the same vein i think being misunderstood makes me feel alone or mm-hmm. what would make me feel accepted would be to never have to explain myself uh which is i don't think realistic uh but you know one of my goals in life is to just it, you know exert this energy where when I meet new people or new mm. people know, meet me that they don't think it's fake because I think that mm. that also comes up a lot as well um, yeah so that's yeah, something I'm heard aware that. of that <laughs> yeah, yeah I've heard that like, I, I remember people um, uh, there's so much to say about it but one example in particular was that um, being on set you know and I remember someone saying to me they said um, you know that I'm so friendly and so interested in people and, and this person in particular. And they're like, you know, I didn't know if it was fake. I thought it was fake. And then I saw you on another set. And you were the same way. And then I saw you with other people and you were exactly the same way. So for me, it's like, I remember I was so influenced by the Truman Show when I was a young kid. Mm. And to me, you know, it's like, it's not narcissistic, but it was this idea that, you know, have integrity that anyone can be watching and I want to be consistent. Yes, I want to, again, I said, I want to love someone in a special way, but overall, I, I don't want to be someone that uh, only shares this with this person, puts on, I'm not a chameleon. So, uh, yeah, I really. That, that's a superpower. You know, I, I think more, I definitely respect people more when I, when I can see that. Like, I've only seen you here on the show, but if I were to be that person to see you on different sets and kind of, like that's the energy you always bring um definitely gains my respect instantly uh i know for me like i do 
some code switching. I mean, I work with kids. I'm not going to act the same way I do with kids that I do with my coworkers when no no kids are around. Uh, so I do a fair amount of code switching, but I also try to make sure, like like I said, the energy is the same. It's like maybe the words are different. Maybe um, you know I have to be more professional. Uh, I was gonna say that you're a pro. You're a professional. <laughs> you know, I I give that out yeah. every chance I can. But you're right. I think it's like the style. You probably bring your still like you still have a signature style to you. I, I think so. I mean, that that's something I definitely have been more made aware of, and also I'm trying to embrace more. Uh, but yeah, I love it. I love having that style in any phase of my life, and you know, just being the person I feel like I am, and. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's weird because I guess I'm at that point where like, am I being the person I was writing? Like, I'm trying to write a script and then it was about uh, a person like meeting themselves in a different way. And uh, mm-hmm. they're like, who are you? I was like, oh, I'm the person who you think you are or, or want to be or something like that. And like, what does that make me? And <laughs> so, yeah, sorry. That was a tangent that that's just uh, separate. Don't from apologize. Here. Don't apologize. But yeah. What a script. What a script. <laughs> it's just Those a are the movies we should be watching. You know, I've, I've been inspired by a lot of, uh, you know, media that's been out there recently that just seems to I think it's called, you know, dark comedy or dark humor. Um, but just the ones that just really feel like a reflection on society. And like, I know for me, it, it's touched me in different ways as well. So it's like, damn, I, I think, you know, there's a story in there somewhere inside that I can get out there. Um all right. Well, we made it to the final portion of the, the podcast to close out questions. Uh, but before we do that, there's one exercise I would like you to participate in, which is the 34th mantra. Um, I want you to fill out uh, or fill in a blank, which is I am, I can, I will. I am blank. I can blank. I will blank. Take a thought mm-hmm. and take a couple minutes to think about it. Let me know when you're ready. So I'll get you on over to the other screen. Wait, what is it? I am. I am. I, I will. Oh. Oh, God. Okay. Take your time. Think about it. Let it, let it simmer a little bit. <laughs> um. Oh, my God. I don't even know. I am... I don't even know. I am, I can, and I will. Fear. And, it's supposed be, and it's supposed to be one word? Oh, no. it's a, It could be three different words for each. No, no, no. But like one word, I am this. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One, one. No, it could be a phrase. You know, some people say, I'm going to, I will, you know, so. <laughs> oh. I want to like write it down, but this is like live. I don't know. I should have thought of this. No, no, you're fine. You're fine. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, want to, I just want to see it down. I am.
Um, I'm just going to say this one. I, I believe I believe in these like intentions for your years, like for your birthdays. Mm-hmm. And um, and I have a new one. Um, should I go? I got you. And I'll let you know when to go. This is uh, you leaving yourself this message. So go for it whenever you're ready. I am alive. This sounds like the first I am alive. I can go for it. And I will prove my past self wrong. I gotcha. I gotcha. Now you have this little reminder for yourself, you know, if you ever want to look back at it, uh, who you are, what you're going to do, what you're capable of. Uh, But yeah, thank you for participating. Uh, And I I don't know if that was, you know, a little nerve wracking, but thank you for going through with it. (laughs) No, back to like, do you know yourself? And I'm like, oh God, I'm no, I don't know. I am, I can, I will. Like what? And it's good. It's really good to, again, also like a moment at time, um, you know, to see what you say, but also just to, again, like the opportunity to try to define and therefore realize yourself. And sometimes I think, you know, the first answer isn't maybe the answer, but it's a starting point. And I love them. I love the questions. Thank you. Well, thank you. I feel like I need you to uh, do, you know, just you describing what the show is. I feel like you're putting a whole another view and take on it that I haven't been able to find the words for. So, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that one later. Uh, But let's move on to the closeout questions, which is uh, this next one is going to be from my previous guest. So I want to shout out Nick. Shout out to Nick Horn. Um, So his question for you is if you could live in any era, what, what which one would it be and why? Oh God, like the worst question for me because I know nothing. I know nothing. What feels right? What feels right? <laughs> um, I don't know why I want to go in like the direction of like the 20s. Something like, I do like the, the glamour. The, and I think there's like maybe a little bit of element of femme fatale. And there was um, women seemed strong and alluring and I don't know if I'm guessing the right genre when I'm thinking of these films I think that there was a certain elegance and power um, that they had and everyone was always dressed up we never do that anymore everyone yeah. was it always they were always overdressed now I don't remember what was really going on at the time so I'm purely thinking about what a party would look like okay no i got you i got you yeah i'm definitely one of those people that dress down all the time uh so i can't imagine what would i be wearing in in those times whatever is comfortable uh is my go-to but uh for sure the 1920s huh if it ever happens you know um i'll definitely come visit because i do want to go to every era and kind of see what it was like out there but the roaring 20s um there's a reason right <laughs> oh that's right the roaring okay so i knew what i was saying yeah 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 let it roar let it let it rip let it roar and um again like going back to like 
I am alive, you know, for, I don't know what, you know, there's something behind the roaring. There's a sense of like, people must be feeling alive. And I think that it's just, it's taken a while for, to me, for me to get back to that. And I see like, especially after the pandemic or through the pandemic, what it really was to be someone that hadn't been dulled by, um, you know, life and hadn't become so withdrawn and fearful and mad at the world because life had been taken from them, like years and time. How do you still feel alive in the midst of chaos, in the midst of the unknown, in the midst of fear? So to me, it just, I think it's almost like a rebellious act. I remember like during the pandemic for me, especially early on, like I acted with rebellion. And through that, I really began to integrate a lot of what I had been learning about myself or seen in different aspects. And I also just took myself and I advanced myself to the next stage that I knew I had been needing to go. So sometimes like, I really think that there's just, um, there's so much to honor and honoring the point of your own rebellion when you need it. I uh, gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, my second to last question for you is what would you like to ask the next guest on 34 questions oh gosh what would I like to ask the next guest um well can I ask them a question that I love to ask my guests absolutely uh you know I'm just a messenger but I will definitely deliver whatever question you have for them yeah let's see what they say about this um what does it mean to you to break upward what does it mean to you to, you to break upward upward yeah the direction interesting so I'm, i tried to answer this last question as well um i think for me it, it kind of it gives me the the idea of like upgrading whatever that means even though i would not really use that term for, for in my personal life because i do think every relationship would be a little different will give bring different value and different uh lessons and and love different love as well um so breaking upward if i was going to take that upgrade uh, word away would be maybe i guess continuing to like move forward with life because I feel like a lot of people who do go through breakups end up either staying where they are for a little while longer um, mm-hmm. just because it, it's, uh, it's scary to move on or it's scary to do something different, something new, meet new people. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, I think maybe breaking upward for me is being able to just continue going forward. Uh, and mm-hmm. if that's what you're doing, coach, uh, more power to you. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, love that. And uh, my last question for you, a question that ties everything together, uh, 100, 200, 300 years from now, your descendants are watching this video. What would you like to tell them? Oh my God. I don't know why that makes me emotional. It actually does. I've always just wanted like to people for people to come alive faster than I was able to. You know, I feel like I wasted a lot of years. Like, you know, you talked about overthinking or um, just like so self-conscious. 
And, you know, I just, I hope that, you know, my life is an example about ultimately coming alive and accepting the times when I wasn't. And I hope it motivates people to, you know, come into their life faster. Um, I think to know though that I was always like serious about why I was here. I've always, since I was a really, really young kid, um, and like just, I remember this voice coming to me um, about, about that I was just passing through and that my job here was to leave a record of what that sounded like, what that felt like. And um, I've always just been trying to have that impact and encourage in others. And I'm trying and I hope I do more. Um, but I guess I hope that people that are that are listening, um, descendants, as you call them, would know that you know trying was was the journey ultimately. And I think that it's not about the next stage. And that's something that I'm really learning. That there has been so much joy actually um, at the times and in the years when I don't have any of the things that I thought I needed to have joy. And I mean that. I really, really mean that. I don't have the things that most people rely on for a sense of security and, and joy. And yet I feel more alive than I ever have. And I felt responsible for sparking joy, but also just, you know, coming into it in my life. Gotcha. Um, and now they hear you. I hear you. Uh yeah, it's continue to spark that joy. I think uh, you know, you're in your work that you do, um, you are I don't know too many people who go th- go to a breakup coach or, you know, break to therapy. So I can only think of what valuable lessons everyone that go through are learning. Um, and just different perspectives because I, I feel like you shared a perspective today that you know has given me a lot of different views on my questions and even my statements uh, which is you know the selfish side of this podcast is when when I get to broaden my horizons a little more so I want to thank you again Chelsea for coming by um, and I want to thank all the folks out there if you watching on YouTube listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts I want to thank for your thank you for your time as well uh, please remember to reach out reach forward as always much love and we'll catch you guys next time on 34 questions peace and it fades out from there uh, and i did realize though that i forgot to ask you to um do your plugs for for your uh business and all, and all that good stuff uh if you'd like to feel free to do it right now and then i will do work the magic in post-production and slip it in there um but yeah would you like to give any shout outs or you know talk yeah, about sure. your business i mean my podcast uh also the love of my life is on all the streaming platforms uh thank you heartbreak and my website break upward b-r-e-a-k-u-p-w-a-r-d.com it's been going through a facelift so i don't know if it will be back up by the time this goes out but you can email me chelsea c-h-e-l-s-e-a at breakupward.com and instagram is uh thank you heartbreak gotcha um 